Um, I'm going to try to catch us up because this one will start on our podcast. So it's really the second service on this understanding or this teaching that we're doing on, on hearing aids. And we talked about some jokes and different things, but hearing aids are just devices that are designed to help you or to amplify what you're hearing. It, it, does, not, it does not give you the ability to hear better. It, it does not improve your hearing. It just amplifies everything around. And so understanding that as we walk, walk through that, we, we realize that if there's something damaged in your hearing, if there's something wrong with your hearing, then a hearing aid is not going to help. That's why Jesus would say this, those who have ears, let them hear. Those who have the ability to hear, let them hear. Some did not. Some could not hear what he was saying. Some could not understand what he was saying. All through Scripture, we hear this, and so it's very important to start from the context of do I have the right ears, do I have the right setting so that I can amplify, I can use the things around me to amplify what God is wanting to say. And that's where we began last week. And the couple of the things that we brought out, we went to the uh, story of Samuel when he was a boy and he was sleeping and Eli, who was the, really the high priest, the one that was supposed to be hearing from God, was not. And in the process of this, Samuel was woke up and, and he heard a voice and, and it said, you know, Samuel. And, and Samuel got up and went into Eli's room and said, you called me? And Eli's like, boy, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. He did this three times. Finally, it dawned on Eli that that was God trying to talk to Samuel. And so he told Eli, Samuel, Eli did, go back and lay down. And when you hear this voice, if it comes again, just say, Lord, your servant hears you. Your servant hears you. And this is real important because this is what we pulled from last week. And here again, I'm not trying to, we've got a lot to cover this week. But number one, we, we understood that his voice must become precious again. If we're going to correct and make sure we've got good ears, then when we hear something from God or hear something about God, it can't be worldly like, look, I don't want to hear nothing about it. No, it has to be something we desire to hear. If, if somebody is, is correcting us with Scripture, if somebody is, is speaking something over our life, we have to desire to have hunger to hear His Word. I, I love that more than anything else. I love services. I love, I love altar calls. I love, but there's nothing that rises above hearing a word from God. That has to become the most important thing. If, I, if my life hinges on anything, it's hearing God's voice and hearing it continue. I can live without anything. I can live in any situation, but I cannot live without hearing that voice. It has to become precious to us. And then we, we study that we need sound advice. Eli gave him sound advice. What to do, how to present himself before the Lord. He also uh, understand that God is speaking persistently to us. God never quits talking. God never stops talking. The God, everything's moving. So God is constantly speaking in your life. And so that's why three times, even when he went back, the fourth time, Samuel is still hearing from God. And he's still, God is still coming back. God doesn't get tired of, of, of trying to talk with you. God doesn't get tired of saying, well, I've tried to speak to them. They won't listen, so I'm just not going to bother with them. No, God is persistent. God is constantly. I wouldn't be here today if God was not persistent in his constantly trying to get my, my listening going, trying to constantly get me to, uh, to listen and move on what he's saying. And then finally, we understood that God throws his voice. God throws his voice. 
When God is speaking, sometimes it's going to sound like someone you know. It's going to sound like somebody, you'll hear me say this phrase, and I joked about it last week. I said, I said I've lied to y'all sometimes, but not really. I'll say this phrase all the time. My dad used to say, and I'll say that a lot. Well, really, I'm not sure if my dad said some of those things or not. But they were implied spoken into my heart. Does that make sense? And so when I am doing something now or I'm making decisions, I hear my dad's voice. So it's my dad's voice that God uses many times. It says, now, Tim. And when I hear that going through my head, now, Tim, shaking that head. That's, that's my dad. That's God throwing his voice. When Samuel heard the voice, who did he think it was? Eli. He, he, he said, I know Eli's voice. I work for him every day. Surely that's Eli. He got up three times. It wasn't like he said, that's not Eli. No, he thought it was in Eli's voice so that God does not intimidate us, but communicates. And, and I, I joked about this. And I said, some of y'all need to realize God is using your wife's voice. And wives, <laughs> God is using your husband's voice. That's really God trying to speak to you. And he's throwing his voice and he's using a different voice. So that was last week as we kind of jumped into understanding that we need a hunger. We need to realize that God's going to use a different voice. God's going to... Now tonight, we need to kind of really start breaking into hearing aids and understanding how God actually speaks. That's important. So how is it that God... Somebody will say, well, he speaks to me audibly. He speaks to me through other things. He speaks to me... I just get impressions. I get... And all of it's true. Because I want to explain to you what is going on. Turn with me in your Bibles to John, the first chapter, John 1, verses 1 through 3. And let me read a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to explain something in our, in our community, scientific community, that will help a little bit on this. In the beginning was the... Now understand this. In the beginning was the... So that means from the very beginning, there was... No, no, see, we, we jump. In the beginning, there was God. That's not what it says. In the beginning, there was the Word. Don't, 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 just because your mind wants to go there, don't do it. From the very beginning, everything began with a God doesn't just say, in the beginning, I was. I was just sitting there in nothing. And God is not a man. God is not just sitting there like we think sitting there. God is a spirit. And God as a spirit, his very first move is to speak. And this is important. This is very important. In the beginning was the word. Some of you already got a nugget you can take home. It's like, wow, never thought about that. The word was with now, God was there, but the very first action was, and the word, so whatever word that was spoken was the very essence of God. Listen to verse 2. He was in the beginning with God, 
And all things were made through, through who? The Word. Before Jesus, we always think, well, Jesus was with God. No, Jesus was not Jesus then. Jesus was the Word. Jesus was spirit, just like, that's why when Jesus comes into the world, he is, he is not just a, another prophet. He's not, he has come as the Son to bring the exact perfect word that God wants to speak because he's been there from the beginning. And nothing was ever made except he made it. All things were made through him and without him, nothing Nothing could happen. Nothing could transpire until God spoke. This is important. Now go with me to Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3, and let's, let's look at it from another angle. In the beginning, God... Now, how did he do that? Spoke it. That's all he did. He just spoke it. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The presence of God, the power of God was all. And then, verse 3, God speaks. Let there be light. And there was. Okay, why, why is this so important, Brother Lot? Let, let me explain. Sound, sound was the first element of creation. Look at the person beside you and say, sound was the first element of creation. The first thing that happened in creation was that God said, let there be light. That, that's, okay, now why is that important? Well, let me show you. Albert Einstein, who was considered a great scientist, had one dilemma that he never could solve. He, he studied relativity. He studied, he wanted unification theory is what he was after. A theory of unification. I'm going to give you a science lesson. Is that Okay. What he believed was that everything that is was created from a sound. That everything that was was, was connected, and, and when he took it as far as he could, another group came along and created what we know today as the string theory. Anybody heard of the string theory? Okay, you've heard of the string theory. Darla's like, yeah, I probably taught it. She's, the string theory, okay? If, if you understand the string theory, basically think of it like this. If I took a piece of wood, and, and the piece of wood was everything there is in the universe, and I chop it, 
and I keep chopping it, and I keep chopping it, and I keep chopping, and I get down to where I'm chopping it so small that there are now atoms, and there is now uh, 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 neutrons and electrons. I'm getting down as small as something as I can see. I, I'm, I'm looking at protons. I've seen everything. I've, I've got a proton microscope, and I've sliced it so thin that I can see. But even beyond that, scientists believe that what connects all of that wood is a string. What makes it all run together is a string. That's why they believe in time travel. Why? Because everything is, is a string. It's attached. Let me see if I can show it to you a little better. Let's play this video. This is somebody explaining string theory to kids. So it's, we're a little older than kids, but it's the same concept. If I was talking to high schoolers, I'd still have to dumb it down to the same thing. And a, kid, a high school would say the same thing. So you're saying that nothing's that you can't see or and it's like well we don't want to say that but that is what you're saying the whole point is simply this and this is what's unique is that when it's broken down to its final state what scientists are really saying is that sound signatures could be a c note or an a note Define what different molecules are, and modern science says that string theory is connected by the theory to the Big Bang. So in other words, in the beginning, something happened. And since something happened then, something has been reverberating like a voice, like a sound that makes atoms come together. Sound familiar? In the beginning, there was nothing. And God... See, we, we understood that a long time ago. Scientists start with the concept, there is no God, so now we've got to figure out what happened. If they would just read Genesis and, and John, they would understand what you're hearing and what's happening is the reverberation of God speaking, and God speaking has made trees stay where they are throughout all time. And it's made the sun stay where it's at. And he hung the stars by his word. And everything is hanging by his very word. Now, we see that as like in our, in our normal mind, like God's spoken and he just hangs there. No, he's saying, and what scientist is learning is that when God spoke, the very molecules, the very atoms, for some reason, atoms started moving in different directions and they started attaching themselves and some became thick and some became water and some became this. And it's like, we don't understand how all of that happened, but I came by to tell you tonight that I know how it all happened. God spoke. Science is not far from us. They just have one step they don't want to make. They're right when they say, hey, we're dumb. Yes. But you could be wise. If you just plugged in the answer to what you're looking for. Let me show it to you this way. Go with me to Revelations 1 and 10. Revelations 1 and 10. That may not have excited you as much as it did me, but that is, that is so cool. When you study string theory and you realize that they believe that there's a note that's being said or played or 
reverberating that makes everything come together. Here's what Revelations 1 and 10 says. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Here's what it says in Psalms, Psalms 47 and 5. God has gone up with a, and the Lord with a sound of a, go with me to Revelations 14 and 2. And I heard a, from heaven, like the voice of, and like the voice of loud, and I heard the sound of the harpist playing there. There's two things about God's voice that you need to understand. God's voice is loud. God's voice is a loud voice. It is, it is so loud that even scientists can't drown it out. It is so loud that atheists can't drown it out. It's so loud and still speaking that there's nothing, I don't care how mean, messed up, you go to a prison and, and start preaching the gospel and 250 pound men with tats all of them stuck crying like a baby. Why? Because when that sound starts reverberating and that sound starts moving, it is like a shout. It is like a loud trumpet. It is like a moving of water. It is something that can't be stopped. It's loud and it vibrates. Did you get it? It's like thunder. Because when God speaks, not only is it a sound, but it also is speaking to the very atoms and it's speaking to the very things around. I would love to have been there when Jesus walked on water. Because what was he doing? He was telling the atoms, you will have to reform yourself right now. And what you used to be atoms to be water, you will be concrete. You will come together and you will, you will, you will come together and you will come together and come together and you will be so hard and so tight that your, your molecules will hold up body weight. That's the voice of God. It's loud and it vibrates. Now, why does this matter, Pastor? Well, it's interesting to see how scientists keep trying to find this, and yet we have it. Habakkuk knew the sound of God speaking. We studied about Elijah knowing the sound of God speaking. God's voice can come in different ways. Now, you can write these down. There's different ways. He can come through His Word, in our thoughts, through other people, through very creation. We talked about that. An audible voice in dreams and visions. The question is, are you listening? The whole, the whole context then becomes, are you listening? A mother once said to her boy, do you hear me? Anybody ever had that said to you by your parent? You hear me? Now, do they think you're deaf? What were they saying? Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? Are you actually listening to what I'm saying? Are, are, you, are you just simply looking at me, but your mind is a thousand miles away? Are you, are you actually listening to me? Because two things need to be known. 
We must make ourselves available with a proper attitude. That's what we talked about last week. And we must recognize and discern that voice from all the other voices that we hear. See, in our world, that's the, that's the crazy thing that the world is trying to do now. Because when, when the world is giving us all of this technology, and the world is giving us 472 channels, and the world gives us Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and everything else it gives us, what do you think it's trying to do? Create noise. That's all it's doing. It's creating noise. It's speaking. Why? To distract. To to fill in places where you don't have a voice. So when, when you are in the process of listening and trying to recognize this voice, let me say it this way. If I was up here with a guitar, I don't have a guitar, I don't need one. If I had one, and he did it on the, on the video, he hit a string. And he, he said, I'm just playing one string, I'm just... Did it sound good when he was playing the harp and, and, and the clarinet. Yeah, because he, he knew what? He knew the notes. What the world is doing is it doesn't know or does not want the notes that God has given. So therefore, it pushes its own notes. And then it looks at you and says, that's music. That's good. Now, when you first hear it, you're like, that's horrible. That's horrible. But if you keep listening to it and keep absorbing it before long, that becomes normal. Am I I still? So it becomes normal. Even though you, you may be a parent and you're watching your kid do something, you're like, That kid's lost his mind. What are they thinking? What they're doing is, is that they have absorbed so much of the noise and so much of the fake and so much that now they are thinking that the counterfeit is actually good. They'll even look at you and say, I don't see why you don't lie. I don't see what you see wrong with this. I don't see what's the problem. I don't see... Because they're already to the point they have gotten adjusted to hearing. Now, there's only one problem with it. It won't produce anything. That's what they can't fix. That the wages of sin is you play the wrong note. It's not going to turn out good. If, if, you, if you choose to listen to this, if you choose to absorb this, it's not going to turn out good. But you can listen to whatever you choose. In fact, in music, me and Kirkland were talking before, and he says there's 
There's certain things that's it's, it's congruent. It's it's it fit. And then there's certain notes that are that are disjointed. They're not, and and you you can tell it when you hear it when something's out of key and something's out of tune and something. And God says, when I built it, it was in tune. Okay, go him in your Bibles to John ten four and five verses four and five. So let me show it to you this. Way. Is this all right? I, I need to get this into you because you got to understand the importance and how we hear from God. So when I tell people, look, you don't need to be watching that or listening to that. It's not about. It's not about. That's just bad. No, it's affecting your hearing. It's affecting your ability later to hear properly. Here's what John says. And when he brings out his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Okay, so our our Christian world today is struggling because, okay, when Jesus came into my life, what did he do? When he came into my life, he's supposed to bring his own. What is he supposed to do with them? Bring them out. What's the word say? When he brings, what's he bringing them out of? All the other noise. When he brings them out, he's bringing them out of an area where there's many shepherds and there's a lot of voices and there's a lot. And he gets his sheep and he gets them out alone where what? And he goes before them and, he, and the sheep follow him for they know his. This is the Christian walk. What we've done is when Jesus came, he saved me, but I don't have to change. I can stay where I'm at listening to what I'm listening to and do what I'm doing and it really doesn't affect my life. And God says, no, 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 that's not my process. When I come, I bring you out of all the noise. I bring you to a place where you get used to hearing my voice and my voice alone. Because my sheep, that is what separates them. They know my All right, so next verse, I'll show you. Yet they will by no means follow a... So what distinguishes you as someone who knows the Lord? You follow His voice, and what if somebody says, Hey, you need to chew on this. Hey, you need to listen to this. Hey, you need to hang out with this. What do they do? By no means will they follow a stranger, but will flee from it, for they do not know the... So the enemy understands this. So what he tries to do is to get you long enough, long enough, long enough to where that voice becomes familiar. God is trying to get you away, away, away. That's why getting up in the morning, reading your Bible, oh, brother Lot, I know it. But you got to get used to the voice. Getting up singing songs to yourself. Making melody in your heart. It's getting used to His voice. He's always talking. 
He's always leading. But we're not always following. Go with me to Psalms 95 and 7 and 8. I know I'm throwing a lot of Scripture at you tonight, but I need to. Psalms 95, 7 and 8. For He is our God, and we are the people of His and the sheep of His But what's the prerequisite? Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the... What was Israel's problem? What was their whole problem? Too many voices. They had spent 400 years in bondage. And even though they were free and in an open area and the only voice they could hear was God's, yet in their mind, they still heard what? Egypt. They still heard Egypt. How do you know, Brother Lot? Because whenever a trial would come, what would they say? That voice would come right back up. I should have never left. I should have never. So if you're in this room and you struggle with these voices, let me tell you what the problem is. You are not allowing God to separate you. You're still dabbling in other voices. And as long as you dabble in other voices, it will become impossible one day to fully be able to hear. That's the enemy's plan. So I'm telling you, as seriously as I can tell you, whatever other voices that you are allowing to entertain you, if you're serious about this walk and serious about hearing the voice of God, there is no magic formula. I can't just come up here and lay hands on you and all of a sudden you just, you got it. Because you're hearing the voice of God now. I, I'm not changing that. You have to decide, I'm going to separate myself from the things and the voices that are hindering me understanding and hearing clearly. And I have to allow God. Or otherwise, when the trial comes in your wilderness time, and we all have them, when the trial comes, your mind will go back to what it always goes back to. That drink. That, that's something to go see. That person you need to go hang out with. Whatever it may be. You have to decide, I am serious about this. God has done his part, but I must purify myself from the things that will drag me back. Go with me to Revelations. Revelations 2 verse 7. Here's what he says. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden of paradise of God. He, he doesn't just say, listen, he who, who keeps himself straight. He who, it all begins and hinges on he who can Jesus taught it. Every scripture I've given you has taught it. If, if, if you don't get anything from what I'm teaching tonight, you need to get this, how important what's entering your ears is. From even the very crazy thoughts that you just keep imagining and thinking, you are creating your own fight. 
and you're creating your own battles. Nobody's doing it to you. It's what you're taking in is what you're struggling and fighting with. Okay. So some people are going to refuse to hear. Some of you in this room, you're like, I don't know about all this, Pastor. Well, go with me to Matthew 13, 15, and 16. Let me show you some scriptures. For the hearts of this people have grown You've gotten used to chaos. I had people years ago that I really could not understand. We'd get straight, be doing good. Next thing I know, Grandma done took somebody over to somebody's house and they're fighting out in the middle of the street. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Man, I almost want to just take my belt off and just whoop all of them. I was like, y'all are grown, but what in the world? I'm like, you were doing so good for like three or four, five months. Man, you had your thing. You had a job. Now you've got job just got lost because you just got put back in jail for beating somebody up in the street. And I thought, what in the world? For their hearts, the people have grown dull. Their ears. I'm used to what I'm used to. The hardest thing that that you will ever do in life is learn to hear something different than what you are used to. If I had Cameron here, I would share this with you right now. He'd be on this day. He was telling me the other day. and, And he said, Pastor, you know the hardest thing I ever did? I said, what? He said, coming to this church. I was like, why was that? He said, He said, I'm a black man, and everybody and everything was fighting against me. Everything, every voice you could imagine was coming. But he said, if I hadn't have, I would have never met Chastity. I wouldn't wouldn't have the two beautiful daughters I have right now. I I wouldn't be pastoring in God's way. None of that stuff would have been... But everything hinges on whether you're going to hear a God voice... Or listen to all the other voices that keep coming up in your life. If you want to know anything that separates me or anything, anybody ever said anything good about Pastor Lot and said, boy, Pastor Lot, I can sum it up in one simple phrase. I fight hard to hear and obey that voice. Even if it sounds crazy, even if everybody else around me says that's ridiculous, I don't care. If that voice says it, I have made a living. Either he's going to lose it all with me or he's not going to fail me. And I found out through the years, he doesn't fail. Luke 8 and 21. But he answers and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and... This is Jesus talking to the crowd and his mother and them was outside. And they said, your mom's here. And he says, hmm. Y'all think I'm, I'm joking when I say you've got to be serious about it. Jesus was so serious that when they said, your mom and, and brothers and sisters are here, hmm. My mother and my brothers are these sitting right here who hear the word of God and do it. 
That's why he says, if you don't love me more than your mother, love me more than your sisters, love me more than those. What is he saying when you love me? What does it mean to love Jesus? Okay. All that's true, but let's just sum it up in this one way. What does John 1 say? In the beginning was... See, we, we, we turn Jesus into a person. That's bad. Don't do it. Jesus is not a person. Jesus was clothed in flesh, and he lived among us, and we beheld the glory But Jesus is the almighty son of God. When you meet Jesus next time, he ain't going to have no. He's going to come the way he's supposed to. When John saw him in Revelations and he said, oh, I finally met you. His hair was white as snow. His his voice was like thunder. He, He said, oh, that's what you look like. That's who I am, John. I've been from the beginning the word of God. And if you love me, you love the... You cannot separate the two. Jesus says, you can't say, Lord, Lord, or I love you and not do what I've asked you to do. You can't do it. Because to love me is to love my word, because I am the word. And we struggle with this because all of this in our head, we battle, well, I, I, I love you, but I can't do, why can't you do it? Well, because there's other things. No, no, you've got to love me more. Let me show it to you again. Go to John 8 and 47. John 8 and 47. He who is of God hears God's voice. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not Go to John 10 and 27. John 10 and 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they... John 18 and 37. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, for this cause I came into the world, that I should do what? That the whole purpose of me coming is to speak truth, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth... Do you understand that all through the Bible, and I can do this all night if you want to, Everything of your walk with God hinges on the ability to hear His voice and to obey it. You can come to church, you can sit there, you can hope one day it just some hits you in the head. None of this is going to happen. He's just going to speak. And when He speaks, and you'll know it's Him, you've got to decide, that's my King. That's the voice I'm going to follow. And no matter what else you say, well, I'm trying. No. 
he makes it clear. This is over and over and over. Hearing my voice, doing what I say. Hearing my voice, doing what I say. So the question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Okay. Let's go back to John 10 and 27. John 10 and 27, and I'm going to deal with just the first one, okay? Is that okay tonight? I think we about, I can, I can look at y'all and y'all are like, okay, that's, that's a lot. We done, we done done, you know, science, everything else tonight. So, Jesus says, my sheep hear my, and I know them, and they, so number one, on these hearing aids that God has given you, number one is Scripture, or His very written Word, the Logos Word, the Logos Word. That is the written Word. So it's no wonder that the world tries constantly to to rewrite it or to remove it or to put a disclaimer on it that it was written by men or whatever else. It, because they need you to say that it's just something that somebody wrote just like somebody wrote the old man in the seat. It's just a book. It has some good stuff in it. But you have to decide that every time I open that book, it is a love letter from the God that I serve to me. That I've got to pull from that every ounce of anything I can from that letter. I know we don't do that much anymore, but years ago in World War I, World War II, I mean, that, that was the thing, to write letters back. And, and, and people would show the stacks of letters when their loved one was away, and, and they would read over that letter three, four, five, ten times, pulling every little word out of that and pulling emotion out of that. And God says, that's my love letter. That is my love letter to you. And the first step that you're going to have to have if you're going to hear the voice of God is you're going to have to give that the appropriate time. And if there's anything robbing you of time listening to God's Word, then you're going to have to remove it or it's going to be a constant voice against you. Go with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Man, y'all are quiet. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Here's what it says. All Scripture is given by inspiration of every Scripture you read, every single Scripture you have to understand is your love letter from God. And it is look at the person beside you and say, it'll do you good to read it. The more you read it, the better it gets. The stronger you get, the easier it is to know His voice, the easier it is to know what you do. Because when it's in you, now all of a sudden when something is spoken it's not true, it's like, whoa, that ain't right. That's, that's not what that means. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in how to live right. 
that the man of God, verse 17, that the man of God may be whole. If I could do anything different, go back in time, I wouldn't change anything. The only thing I would do different is I would have spent more time studying His Word. It would have saved me less stress than what I endured. Because the more I would have read His love letter, the more it would have reminded me it's going to be okay, Tim. It's amazing when we start getting stressed, the first thing we quit doing is praying and reading our Bible, and we just kind of just sit there and it's like, let's just watch TV tonight. Really? Hey, let's just go to the movie. Really? Hey, let's just go get something to eat. I don't care if it costs $187 tonight. I just want to eat something good. Just, just for a moment, I just want to just, oh. I know I'm not talking to you, I'm talking about people that go to church in forest. That's what they do. All seasons, folks, we don't do that. We, we, we pray. We just, as soon as problems come, we fall to our face and like, we're going to pray. We're going to read our Bible. If I stay up to two in the morning, I'm going to get. No. We start binge watching or running through our Facebook and, oh, I'd love to make that chocolate cake. I'd love to. Stop. Stop bringing confusion into your life. That the man of God may be, isn't that what you really want? I want to be complete. Thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped for every good And I'm thankful for what I have because I got... Any given day, four, five, six, seven, eight phone calls. Pastor, tell me about this. Pastor, what does this scripture mean? Pastor, what is... And, and, and I'm thankful, but if I could change anything, I would go back and I would study even harder than I did. And I studied hard, but I would, I would have even done more. Because it's that important. That's what Paul tells Timothy. Timothy, you do anything, son... You had better study that word. You'd better study what we've written. Study what you know. Study about God. Don't don't let that relationship squander. Go with me to 2 Peter 1 and 3. This last scripture, and I'll, I'll get you out of here. 2 Peter 1 and 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and listen now as his divine power has given to us all things so what did Jesus come and bring all things but who was he the word we keep looking for something extra something more But when it's all boiled down, there's only one thing that will cause you to stand. There's only one thing that will ever sustain you. And that is what Jesus gave you. And that is himself, which is the word. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my... I mean, I, I can do this all night with scriptures. How many times do you have to hear it to understand it? It is His Word. Written on your heart. Because that's what He said. He said, in times past, you studied... But coming later in the new covenant... I will write it on their hearts so that they won't sin against me. If you're in this room tonight, and we got a bunch more to go. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit next week and other, other hearing aids. But listen to me. The first hearing aid you've got to invoke is you've got to get serious. I mean serious about your Bible study. There's it doesn't matter how good I preach on Sunday or how good we sing on Sunday or how many times God zaps you and makes you feel good Sunday morning. All that's going to be good. But listen to me. If that enemy knows when you walk out that door, he's going to bring something and you've got no answer for it, he's going to wear you out. I want to be like Job. And it was Job's mindset that I love the most. When his wife comes to him and he's going through all types of trouble and he's going through, and she says, Job, just curse God and die. And I love what he says. They didn't have Facebook back then. They didn't have Instagram or TikTok. Job looked at her and says, you talk just like one of them foolish women in town. In other words, Joe, we think that he was being ugly to her. That's not what he was doing. He was saying, woman, don't confuse me with noise. Because I've already made up my mind. I'm going to serve him. And you're going to have to do this. Sometimes when you're the one going through it, and people's like, well, if God loved you, you wouldn't be going through it. Job had his friends, his wife. But he hung on to his integrity. Now, he overspoke. He spoke more than he thought he, he actually knew. But we all do that sometimes. But in all his trials, Job never gave away his integrity to God. He believed God's word. And that's all it took. That's all God was looking for. Will you stand? The world says that sometime... Way, way long ago, there was nothing. And two nothings collided and created a big bang. Einstein said there has to be something that connects, that unifies all that we see from the trees to the grass to the earth turning to the stars. There's got to be something that holds it together. Scientists today say there's a string theory that somewhere deep beyond what we can see, we don't have a telescope yet that can get so small that we can see the guitar strings of somebody's voice that tells the atoms what to do. But I can tell you, if you're quiet and you listen, that same voice that created all of that 
will speak inside of you. He'll speak just as clearly as He did to the sun, just as clearly as He did to the water. He'll speak just as clearly as He did to the fish when He told them to get in Peter's net. He has no problem speaking. But what He has a problem with is finding somebody who will listen. The world is not absent of God talking. The world is absent of people hungry just to hear that voice. God goes to and fro throughout the earth seeking someone like that. He looks for those people. Someone tonight while you're sitting in that chair that he can just have a conversation with you and people are like, who are you talking to? Just me and God. You're crazy. Yeah, maybe so, but I'm telling you, I enjoy our conversation. I'd rather be talking to him than Johnny Carson. Tonight, that's his voice that you hear speaking inside of you. Maybe it's faint. Maybe it's just jumbled with all the other stuff. And from this moment, you're the one that can fix that. From this moment, you're the one that can make that voice get louder and more easy to hear. Or you can keep drowning it and drowning it and drowning it. But let me warn you. The Bible says, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I know we think that, oh, God's going to make everybody bow down. No. What's going to happen one day is there's going to be a real quiet room. And there won't be any devil anymore because he'll be in his chains. And there won't be any demons anymore because they'll be gone. And it's just going to be this real quiet room. And there's only going to be one person in there. And it's going to be your heavenly father. And when he speaks like thunder, like mighty waters, every atom inside of your body every molecule that you think you control, it will finally say, oh, that's the voice that I've been hearing all along that I should have followed. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you how it ends. For one person, I can't wait to see the face of the one that has that voice. For someone else, I hope that voice isn't real. You choose. Science is trying to find it. Einstein was looking for it. I know what they're looking for. Will you bow your heads? Father, for that person in this room tonight, and I'm not, I'm not joking a bit. This is serious for them. They have spent so much time with that voices, voices, so many voices, and the next thing. And God, you stilled them just a little bit tonight, just a little while. And that tear that's in their eye, that, that tear that runs down their face, that's you trying to speak to your child. 
to your creation. You formed them in their mother's womb. You knew them before they were born. You know them better than they know themselves if they will just listen. You know the plans that you have to them, plans to do them good if they'll just listen. I pray that in Jesus' name that tonight they finally decide I'm tired of all the chaotic noise and voices in my head. I'm tired of all the nonsense. And I am fixing to pursue my Father. I am fixing to chase that voice. That voice that's in me. That voice I hear. I am chasing that voice. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that person that right now sees it. All the noise that just creates chaos that brings bad results. It ends tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.